Thanks for listening to the 242 Young Adults Podcast with Pastor Justin Corkum. Our prayer is that this message will be an encouragement to your life in Christ. We are going to be starting a series called Acts, the Gospel of Doing. So if you guys want to, I'll let you guess what book in the Bible that you all can turn, turn your Bibles to. If you need help, if you need help, um, it's, it's Acts. Um, so you can turn you can turn your Bibles there. That'd be that'd be great. So Acts, uh, where we're gonna start is actually chapter eighteen. I'm just kidding. We're going to start in chapter one. So if you want to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter one, because it's just such a great place to start. Verse one, uh, we're gonna get into <coughs> excuse me what I believe is going to be a life changing series for us. I, I believe that as we go through this book in the Bible, that we're gonna begin to see that scripture can not only speak into our lives, but it can dynamically change the way that we live each and every single day. So I'm going to grab my little clicky thingy here, and uh, we're going to start. Acts chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In my first book I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach, until the day he was taken up to heaven uh, after giving his chosen apostles further instruction through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days he suffered and died, he appeared, or rather the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. He talked to them about the kingdom of God. One Uh, Once while he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And we invite you to do your work tonight. I invite you to, to speak through your word that every word that is spoken tonight would penetrate our hearts. God, that it would move us to a deeper relationship with you. It would move us, Father, to do greater things for the kingdom of God. Father, that as we hear from your word tonight, Lord, we pray that our lives would be transformed. And God, we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. So I want to give you a little background about the book of Acts, um, before we jump in. Nothing too crazy. Um, I'm not going to be like, let's go through about a million years of church history and, you know, all that jazz. But I want to just take a look at, at, at what is written here. It says, in my first book, I told you. So let's, let's take a step back. Who is writing right now? Does anybody know who wrote the book of Acts? It was Luke. Luke, uh, he wrote the book of Acts. He also wrote the book of Luke, you guys are scholars. It's amazing. So he wrote the book of Luke. And so this was his second piece uh, that he wrote. So he said, you know, in my first book, referring to the gospel of Luke, he said, "I, I, I wrote to you about everything Jesus, what? Jesus did. So he, he wanted to specifically recap what Jesus did, his ministry, his life, kind of following his actions. He also said, I I wanted to talk about what Jesus taught. And so in his book, you see the parables of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, and what Jesus was communicating 
to, to the people that were around him. He said, I also wanted to tell of his suffering, his death, his resurrection, his ascension. So you see that period in time that after Jesus' ministry, he died on the cross, but he rose again. He proved himself to be alive to his believers. He, and now he's transitioning into what some people would, would sort of suggest is, is the part two. But when you think about it, he started with a foundation on Jesus Christ. Everything in, in the gospel of Luke is about Jesus. It's about his, his teachings, his actions, what, what he, how he lived and what he did. How he died, how he rose again. And now he's moving on into this account of the early church, the Christian community. But really, I like to look at it as a continuation of the story. We're familiar with that now because everybody loves to do you know, trilogies and sextilogies and, and all of those things. And so we're used to a continuing story. You don't just go and watch a movie. You know, you can, I'll, for example, I mean, how many have seen the, the movie Taken? And you're like, wow, that was like an intense movie. But man, Liam Neeson is the most like crazy, awesomest guy in the world. And then they come out with Taken 2 and you're like, money grab, what? Like, how do you, there, there was clearly no sequel planned for that movie, but it did so well, you just make a second one. And, you know, the, the girl could get taken as many times as she did, I tell you what. But when you think about it, we're familiar with the idea of a continuing story. And so this is what is happening now. It, it's not that Jesus, you know, he came and he went into heaven and now it's just about the, the disciples, but, but this is a continuing story. I love what uh, J.R.W. Stott says, he says, Jesus' ministry on earth, exercised personally and publicly, was followed by his ministry from heaven, exercised through his Holy Spirit by his apostles. So imagine that this is just a continuing story of Jesus Christ. That, that even today, look at our own lives, that today we are a continuing story of Jesus Christ. That because of what happened, because of the foundation that was laid when Jesus came, that we can now live and Jesus can fulfill his ministry from heaven through us because of the Holy Spirit. The continuing story. So for those that uh, might not have been here last week um, or any week before that, we've been really focusing in on just... Uh, the idea of, you know, Acts 2.42 comes, uh, is really where our name, our ministry name, the, uh, the 2.42 comes from. And, and that scripture says that all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And that's always been, I think, the heart of, of our community, what we desire to be or what we, we strive to be is a community that is founded on the word, is founded on prayer, uh, and is founded on relationship with each other. Now, it's not to say that we're there, right? I mean, we are we are continually growing, uh, and there are there are so many things that we want to to continue. We want to continue to grow in relationship. We want to continue to grow in our understanding of Scripture, to grow in, in our ability to even just intercede to pray uh, individually and as a community. But as we seek the face of God, 
as we grow together in community, we're going to begin to see God uh, just bring us to, to greater levels. And I believe that. How many else believe that? That as you just see God in community, as you found yourself on his word, as you, as you just get into prayer with God, that you're going to continue to grow. And so this, this year, we're really focusing in on being a community empowered by the Holy Spirit. To, to see this work continue, right? To see the work of Jesus continue in our lives today. And, and I said it last week, I've been saying it a lot, but, but I truly believe that God desires for us to be walking daily in the power of the Holy Spirit. That it would not be an unusual thing for us to lay our hands on a person who's sick and to see them recover. That it would not be an unusual thing to operate in the miraculous, to see God's hand move in just crazy, out-of-this-world ways because we serve a supernatural God. To do greater things because that's what Jesus wanted us to do. Greater things. And so... I think for, for us last year, we really kind of focused in, you know, TJ talked about the everything for the sake of one. And that was sort of our, our, our focus last year. And it was really about positioning ourselves, positioning our hearts uh, to be concerned about people, uh, to, to love people and to get our, kind of get ourselves out of the way so that we can actually live and, and focus on God. Can you just, whatever, whatever you have for me today, just send one person my way that I could speak to about, about you in some capacity that, that you could give me a, maybe a word for, that, that you could use me to, to be some form of change in their life. And that's what everything for the sake of one was all about. So, so our, our vision, I guess, is to be a community of, of, of just founded on the word and prayer and relationship. But our mission is really to be living a lifestyle of Christian, that no matter what we're doing, no matter where we are, we're looking for how we can build the kingdom. Just one person that we can impact. And so I feel just in my heart and really the direction we're going is, is now we're, we're, we're becoming or we're moving into a season of, of really action, a season where we, we take God's word we apply it to our lives and, and we see what God does. Um, to, to, to step out of these four walls, to recognize, I was listening to, uh, I don't even know who I was listening to, but it, it ministered to, to me, let me tell you. Um, so I was listening to a nameless, uh, because I can't remember, but they were talking about how basically the church, um, we have this, this hope inside of us, you know, we have the hope of, of Jesus Christ and instead of, of taking that hope out into the world that is hopeless, uh, we've kind of just kind of all huddled together and stayed kind of confined within the four walls of, of churches and have held that hope all in one place. And it's, for me, I'm beginning to realize that if I have hope, the only way that people are going to hear that hope is if I'm actually talking about that hope, applying that hope, actually living that hope everywhere else except for this place. Because I'll tell you what, most people who don't know the Lord, I don't know if you know this, but, you know, obviously, I'm sure there are people that don't know the Lord that come to church, but a lot of people that come to church, they know the Lord. I don't know if that, like, blows your mind or anything. So the people that don't know the Lord are usually not stepping foot in this building 
So we got to go to them, right? That's the only logical explanation. That's, that's what Jesus said. He, di- he didn't say, hey, he said, go and make disciples. Get out of here. Go, get out of here. Go into the world and make disciples. And so that's what this year really, and honestly, as we go through this series, like this is the focus. This is, you know, so many of us, I'll throw myself in there. It's so easy to just talk about what is what we should be doing. I was listening to uh, evangelist Tiff Shuttlesworth. I remember, I remember his name. But he was talking about, uh, he used the illustration. He's a bit of a hunter. You know, he's an old school guy, old school evangelist. But he was talking about how, you know, there's this group of fishermen. And they always would get together once a week. And they would talk about, you know, how, how great it is to go fishing. You know, and they would talk about all the different strategies that you could use to go fishing and the different types of lures and the different types of, uh, uh, of rods and reels and, and, the, and the ways that you could get different types of fish. Uh, and so they'd love to get together and, and, and talk about it. And one day somebody said, well, you know, have you caught any fish? No. But man, we can strategize and talk about how, you know, we can do different things to catch them. And, uh, and he was really, if you didn't catch it, but kind of just uh, looking at the idea of how it's so easy to talk about what we should be doing than it is to do it. And, and if anything just kind of just plants deeply within your heart, I feel t- tonight is just, God, help me to live the word of God. Help me to, to live a lifestyle uh, of worship before you where I'm literally just pouring everything that I have, everything that I've got. I'm focused on, on people that need to know you. And so to, tonight, really, if there was a focus, it would be, are we seeking after the Holy Spirit? Because I truly and 100% believe that in order to, to live a life like the apostles that we'll, we'll be kind of just sitting in and reading all of these amazing stories of how God used them, if we want to see a life like that, we need to be seeking the Holy Spirit. We have to. We have to be seeking the Holy Spirit. So I just want to read uh, just a, a couple verses and kind of just pull out some points from, from what we just read. But the first being that the Holy Spirit is promised to us. If you read verse 4, he said, Don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends the gift he promised. You know, the moment that we say yes to Jesus the Holy Spirit takes residence, like, in us. We say, God, forgive me of my sin, Lord. I repent of my sin. I turn to you. I surrender, God, to you. Father, I give you my life. The moment that happens, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Jesus is, is clearly talking about not the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, because there, there's another scripture where Jesus breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. But then he says, after that, to wait until you receive the promise that I've given you. And this is referring to, to a, a, a baptism, a, an empowerment of, this, of the Spirit, an empowerment to serve. 
And, and that's really what I want to focus on. Are we seeking after the Holy Spirit to empower us to serve? Because if our life becomes about service, well, then, then we really need the Holy Spirit because our whole purpose is about serving. And Francis Chan wrote a book called Forgotten God. One of the things that, that like, it just hammered home for me, like the one quote I took away, was the Holy Spirit's called our comforter, but why would we need him if we're comfortable? And, and I thought about the fact that the Holy Spirit is here to empower us to serve, but if our life mission, if our life purpose isn't revolved around serving Jesus Christ, isn't around serving and, and proclaiming the, the, the voice, the name of the kingdom of God, the, the furtherance of his kingdom, then maybe the Holy Spirit isn't going to be the top priority in our life. There's going to be other things that can crowd in and kind of take precedence because because there's really no need. Do you get what I'm saying? There's no need for me to be empowered by the Holy Spirit if my life focus isn't getting out there and reaching people and being a witness and being empowered to do that. And so it's about priority. It's about recognizing that, that he has this great and, and powerful gift for us. He has the, the Holy Spirit himself is available to us. Not only is he available, he is promised to us. As, as a father, now I understand um, promises <laughs> in a different capacity. You know, when you say you're going to do something for your kid, oh, you're going to be doing that. And there's nothing you, like, they will remember. And it's a funny thing, like, my son can, if I say something, I'll forget about what I said, but he doesn't, and he'll bring it up. I said, but Daddy, you said I could have a cookie. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> got to get that cookie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so Daddy made a promise. Daddy's got to back it up. Now, if, if I can do that as, as a, a human father, and my son asked me for something that I said I would give him, how much more so? Will God give us what he's promised? I love what, uh, what Numbers 23 says. It says, God is, uh, 2319, if you're taking notes, God is not a man that he should lie. I love that. That if God promises it, you better believe that it's going to come to pass because he's not a man that he should lie. He's going to keep his word. And so the Holy Spirit is a promise to us. When you look at John 14, 12, I don't know if I put, Oh, there you go, John 14, 12. It says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to the Father. Right? He says, in verse 4, don't leave Jerusalem till the Father sends the gift that he promised, as I told you before. This is what we're reading. We're reading the before. John 16, 5 and 8 says, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking, where am I going? Instead, you grieve because of what I told you. But in fact, it is best, think about that, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Think about it, it is best that, that he sends the Holy Spirit. 
I don't know about you, but if I was the disciples, I would think that having a physical Jesus with me is like better than the Holy Spirit. Like, but think about it this way. When God emptied himself of his prerogative, when, when he became man, like Philippians 2 talks about, when he put on flesh, do you realize that omnipresent God, the ability to be everywhere at once, when Jesus put on flesh, he gave that up. He confined himself to a human body, only able to be in one place at one time. But now think about this, that the moment that he goes to the Father, that the Holy Spirit can empower the believer. And now we have believers here in Auburn, New Hampshire, but all around the world that are empowered by the same Holy Spirit to go shake the kingdom of hell and to populate the kingdom of heaven. That now that there are multiple avenues, people all over the place empowered by the Holy Spirit to accomplish the work of the gospel. Jesus wants you to receive the Holy Spirit empowerment. He wants you to be baptized. He wants you to be empowered to serve. And, And really it does. It comes back to that priority. But do we? Sometimes we're afraid uh, of what God would require of us. That's always like, oh man, like, I know if I give everything to God, like, I'm going to have to give everything to God. And I don't know if I want to do that. And it's funny, we can, we can excuse our way out of things. I remember, uh, I guess I'll share this now, but sometimes we think that We're afraid of the opportunity, right? I think, as, 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 if I can just be real, we're afraid of the opportunities. And I'll be right there with you, man. Sometimes it is just awkward. Man, like, no? Like, are you serious? It's, it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable. But the moment that you step out, and it's never going to be comfortable, But I guarantee you, the moment that you step out into discomfort, the comforter kicks in. And the Holy Spirit says, all right, you did it, now let's go. Let's do this. And he steps in and he empowers you to witness. It's an incredible thing. I went to, uh, when I was in high school, I went to this like, I don't know, it was like a politics thing. And, uh, I remember I had an atheist roommate, and uh, so I'd read my Bible, and we had a couple interactions, um, you know, here and there, but, uh, you know, he, he was watching, he saw, and, uh, and he asked, he, you know, eventually, like, why do you even believe, like, why do you? so we got into that conversation. I look back, and I'm like, how did I even think to say that? You know, there were things that just came to mind that I was like, boom, boom, boom. Things that I had never even thought of. And I remember that one of the things that I used was I looked at the idea of a creator creation. I used the bed that he was like sitting on as an example of, you know, did it just come like somebody had to create and just like things that I didn't even. And then later I went to college and and there were like worldviews and and defenses for the for, you know, basically creation and all that stuff. And I was like, wow, but to think of the things that just came in that moment, the Holy Spirit will empower you. And so don't be afraid. God's, God wants to do this in your life. He wants to empower you to, to serve him. So don't be afraid. 
Uh, one of the, the other things is the Holy Spirit is necessary. I love that, that Jesus said, do not leave. Do not leave until you receive it. We can't fight handicap. I love this, uh, Evan Smith, ancient Christian commentary. says he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem. Why? Just as when soldiers are about to charge a multitude, no one thinks of letting them issue forth until they've armed themselves. Or as horses are not allowed to start from the barriers until they have got their charioteer. Likewise, Christ did not allow them to appear in the field before the descent of the Spirit so that they would not be easily defeated and taken captive by many. Let me tell you, it is a necessity to have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Right? God, God said it was, su- it was such a necessity that Jesus told the disciples, don't, don't go anywhere until you receive the empowerment from the, from the Spirit. Think about that. Don't go anywhere until you receive it. We, we have to begin to, you know, and I pray that there's just a longing that, that is building within your heart that, God, I just want, I want my life to look different. I don't want my life to be this boring thing where I'm doing the same routine every day. Let me tell you, a Holy Spirit-empowered life is never boring. Never boring. Because God will send people your way that you can be a voice of the Lord to them. Do not leave until you receive it. It's necessity. Just a couple things, right? He empowers us to witness Right to, to give us the confidence that we need, the boldness to go out there and to be witnesses. The giftings of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, if you want to look some of them up, I'll read a couple, and there are other passages of scriptures as, uh, scripture as well. Uh, wisdom, knowledge, discernment, tongues, interpretation, prophecy, healing, miracles, faith, There are gifts of the Spirit that help you to serve and to be a greater witness. And this is honestly, this morning, I mean, this was me. The Spirit can intercede on our behalf. Romans 8, 26 to 27. I'm coming to work this morning, and there's something on my heart that I just wanted to pray for, but I just, you just don't know what to pray. So you just pray in the Spirit. And you just say, Holy Spirit, intercede for me because I do not have the words. And you just pray. He intercedes on your behalf. It's a necessary thing. And I'll just say this. I, I, I find, just going back to that whole comfortable thing, the last thing that I want for myself and for all of us is is to kind of come up with or contrive a, a comfortable gospel, something that uh, we can sort of fit into like our own like comfortability, something that we are okay with, something that we're, you know, it's, it's I can do this. And we cut short what God truly desires in our life because I think we do that. When I read the book of Acts and you see what it looks like for 
a person or people to be 100% like sold out for Christ. Their life is about Jesus. Like when you see that, you begin to say, okay, there are plenty of things in my life that I need to begin looking at and asking, am I really sold out? Like, have I, have I given everything? And that's a tough question to ask. But I feel like if we don't step out, if we don't make our life purpose about everything, like everything the gospel and everything that we do, it could be for the Lord uh, and, and reaching lost people then there's going to be a temptation to, to contrive this religious form of, uh, of godliness, this thing that looks good, uh, is comfortable still. Case in point, I find that it is very comfortable to, you know, I, I spoke this Sunday about the crowd. It's very comfortable to be a part of the crowd that just kind of walks into church or church building on a, you know, once a week and just kind of watch, listen, and then leave. And there are a lot of people that think that they're good with God because they do that once a week. But that's not an interactive relationship. And so I think for us to, to begin to break even just the, that form of godliness to see like, wow, like God, you desire every moment of my life for me to be in interaction with you, for me to be used by you, for you to empower me to make a difference that actually lasts forever and not just for a moment. This is what you've called me to do. This is what you desire for me to do. This is what you've promised for me and you've given me the Holy Spirit that is necessary in order for me to accomplish this. We hope that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. If you would like to know more about 242, you can email Pastor Justin at jcorkum.com at manchesterassembly.org. You can also tweet us at 242NH. Again, that's T-W-O-42-N-H. Or on Facebook, you can look us up under 242 Young Adults. We look forward to your feedback, and we'll see you next time.